Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan here tonight as we are talking all things NASCAR. Sonoma Raceway was, was the place we watched the racing at today, and Martin Trex Jr. led 59 of the race's 90 laps en route to a dominant victory in the final two stages of that event. We'll talk about that. We'll break down the entire race. Matt Benedetto had a career day. We'll discuss that with the number 95 team. Also, Denny Hamlin came 26th to 5th on that last run. What would have happened had there not been stages? Would Denny Hamlin have been able to compete with Martin Truex Jr.? We'll discuss that. Also, a tough day for Chase Elliott, who was a favorite coming in by a lot of people coming into this race due to his win at Watkins Glen in August of last year. He had some engine issues relegated to the 37th finishing position We'll talk about all that and the points. We'll look at it all here from Sonoma Raceway. Also, last night's race, NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series event from Gateway Raceway, um, Worldwide Technology Speedway it is called now there in, in St. Louis, Missouri. The winner was Ross Chastain. Passed inspection this time, no disqualification. He gets in a, a, a great win, a, a nice job by Nice Motorsports. We'll dive into that a little bit later as well. Uh, we'll also take your phone calls at 917-889-8280. That's the number to call here to join Talking Circles tonight. But first, guys, let's get to it. It was Sonoma Raceway. First time we've run the long course at Sonoma in o- over 22 years. Last time we ran it was 1997. There was not a driver in the field today who ran the long course at Sonoma Raceway other than Kevin Harvick in the Canaan West race back in the mid-'90s. But a, a dominant victory by Martin Truex Jr. today, like I said, led 59 laps. His fourth one of the year is 23rd of the season, Philip Matthew. Uh, I think this the 19 team, which was formerly the 78 team, is on hitting their stride and looks like a, a certainly the favorite to win the championship, if not one of the favorites to win the championship here in 2019. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I got in at the end of the conversation you guys were having there. But there, it's true uh, what you guys are discussing. And in terms of Martin Truex, there was one point I made on Twitter and some of the people I talked to on there, and it's like, or on Facebook, one of the deals I was talking, and they literally, Joe Gibbs couldn't deal with the fact that the customer was beating their main guy with their stuff. So he's like, all right, let's just blow up Furniture Row Racing, make it so expensive he can't have his team no more. All right, and we'll get their guys, and we'll see what they're doing in person, even though there was a, a, a technical, the technical alliance, they were able to share data, all that was there. So then there was a little slow process for Martin and Cole to get used to the new team, get used to some of the new people they had to bring over there because they couldn't bring everybody over there. But now, as they've gotten used to this uh, organization and their new situation, they're back on the stride that they've been on since the start of 2016. And Kyle Busch went and said it in his post-race that it's like it sucks to be, lose to a teammate. And it's like, well, you know, it didn't have to be that way, and you still probably would have lost anyway. But the fact of the matter is Martin Truex in the last two-thirds of the race and generally over the entire weekend was one of, if not the fastest race cars in actual race pace. He didn't get 
the he started eighth, which is a perfectly fine qualifying run. Uh, but he he was in terms of practice runs one of the fastest cars, and he proved it today, and just destroyed. It was uh, it really wasn't much of a a deal there until the last 20 laps where Kyle had newer tires and he was able to kind of catch up to Martin, made that gap up to about less than a second in part because of traffic. But Martin, just like last year when he played possum with Kevin Harvick, they tricked the four team into pitting. They went and waited, got an extra lap one. It was kind of the same deal with Kyle Busch. And so, I mean, the reality is Joe Gibbs racing this package because it's less horsepower. Uh, it kind of seems to suit the Toyotas. And they've been, ever since they started reducing horsepower in the Cup Series, the Toyotas have came to the forefront. And uh, back in 15, it's been that way. So, and Truex, since he's gotten into Toyota, has been basically, re- or got back with the Gibbs guys, he was in the Toyota years ago, but they've been in a different level or since he's got Cole Pern, Pern, uh, I have to pronounce it right. Regan got it right the first time, didn't the second time, and I got it wrong the first and not the second. Uh, Cole Pern is the best crew chief in the business, and it's days like today where that's proven, and it's not a good sign that that he's doing this right now. I think it's just a foundation builder for what they're preparing to do uh, for a possible run at a second cup championship here in the last three years. Yeah, it certainly was an impressive day for Martin Truex Jr. But one of the cars that that really was the only one that was anywhere close to Martin Truex Jr. at the end of that event was Kyle Busch. He had some nose damage on his race car, but, um, you know, an interesting strategy there at the end of that race for, for Kyle Busch. They decided to sort of uh, split the final run in half there at the end. And and what that did was really give them fresher tires than the 19 car, which pitted a little bit about two or three laps earlier on that final run. Well, it ended up, you know, Kyle Busch was able to chase Martin Truex Jr. down from about seventh position. But once he got to within two seconds, it looked like Truex was able to pull away. And, and again, those two, I think Ryan Blaney finished about 20 seconds back in the third position. So those two really um, were outstanding all day and really pulled away from the field. We didn't have a caution at all under green flag conditions. The only two cautions today were due to the stages. So that made, that made an interesting race as well. Uh, how about that, Spencer, that aspect of it? Did you think maybe at the end there was a couple of drivers and and Teams, you know, a little tired at the end of that race because it was such a long run, especially that last 50 laps where, you know, we're running a, a, a new configuration where um, a lot of teams and drivers aren't really used to this, as, you know, with that much turning and that much shifting that we had to do there at Sonoma today. Do you think that played a factor in the end, at the end of that race as far as fatigue, whether that's set in with the drivers or not? I mean, I don't, I don't know really. I mean, um, you know, like you said, it's different and, you know, nobody in the field has ran that before. Um, yeah, you know, it was tired, you know, it's tiring, you know, you put a lot on your cars and, um, you know, drivers are tired, your cars are worn out. I mean, look, Chase had an engine problem. I don't know if that was due to bad shifting or whatever that was, or, um, it just let go. Um, 
But I don't know. I like you said, mentioned the cautions. You know, I'm sure a lot of a couple of the drivers would love to have some cautions. I bet the only two who didn't want a caution, or the only one that didn't want a caution, was Truex. And um, so yeah, a little bit more cautions would have played a big difference in that role. I think. Um, like you said, Delaney was 20 seconds back. There's no way in heck he's going to catch up and win the race. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The new the new carousel, you know, I haven't heard any drivers on what they thought about it. Um, you know, it gave us a different twist to watch. Um, I don't know if you guys were able to see it back when they raced it, but I know I wasn't. I've seen the old track the whole time. So it was a different uh, twist. Um, I had to get used to, like, where they were turning and um, how they were going to go, and I didn't quite figure it out. Um, right until right before the race. So, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think that uh, played a role for sure. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it didn't seem to bother Truex, and he just pulled away and was able to capture his third win at Sonoma and second consecutive. So, Yeah, it was a really good win for Truex, like you said. And uh, a couple other drivers who really stood out to you, Ryan Blaney, to me at least, Ryan Blaney, um, you know, not, not a guy you sit there and think about as a road racer, but last year at Charlotte, at the Roval, he won that race. A lot of people forget he was in third there when uh, Jimmy Johnson and I believe it was Martin Shrek Jr. got together at the end at the Roval, and uh, Blaney was able to capitalize and, get, and go to victory there. Another third-place finish for Blaney today, a solid day for him, the best Penske car by far for him, uh, for that team today at Sonoma. So a nice job by him. And, and the run of the day, guys, was Matt Benedetto in fourth. Uh, Procore Toyota for Levine Family Racing and, and – I think as the run went on, for whatever reason, and I don't know if it was just this was built into their setup or, you know, I have no idea why this was the case, but it felt like for whatever the reason, as the runs went on, Toyota got stronger and the Ford and Chevys got a little bit, uh, weren't as strong as they were early on in that race. Look at Matthew Benedetto in fourth. You know, he was passing people and, and passing, we saw him pass Jimmy Johnson at one time. That's a former champ. That's a seven-time champion in this sport. You know, he worked his way up through, got by Harvick, got by Ryan Newman, two guys who are, are you know, uh, historically really, really tough to pass. So uh, a, a great job by him. And Denny Hamlin in fifth, I mentioned, you know, he won the state, stage two. And staying out in that second stage put him in an interesting scenario where, you know, he had to basically restart behind the entire field. Uh, everybody else that, that started that, pitted they pitted about you know uh what three laps before the stage ended or two laps before the stage ended and took their tires in and, and if you were in the rear of the field you kind of were able to get some some stage points there and you stayed out but one of the drivers who was a good car all day was Hamlin he stayed out one stage two got the playoff point got 10 regular season points but it put him back about 26 on that final restart well in 50 laps he worked from 26 to 5th a very impressive run for Denny Hamlin. Makes you wonder and scratch your head a little bit as far as what would have, you know, what could have happened had it not been for uh, the stages. Maybe Denny Hamlin has something to do, and maybe he's there at the end to, to run with Kyle Busch and Martin Shirk Jr. But, Spencer, what do you think about Di Benedetto and Hamlin? I mean, uh, those two guys stick out essentially as guys who really had a good day today. Yeah, Hamlin, he was strong pretty much all day. You know, he stayed out, like you said, and won that stage. And, you know, when I saw him, you know, he was, like you said, way back. And I just noticed he broke into the top ten and he didn't stop. He just kept going. And the same with Matt. You know, he kind of stalled out there in about seventh. And then he just kept climbing, too. 
And, you know, that's a really big day for that small team. Well, somewhat of a small team. Um, you know, that's like Matt said at the end of the race, he's worked hard to get where he's at. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have to say yes for him to get into the race car. And so therefore, you know, a lot of people believe in him and, you know, I think he's a great race car driver and they really needed that run. You know, they haven't really ran, um, as good as I thought they would have this year. And that's just based off them being with Gibbs and, um, but yeah, great run for them. And, you know, Hamlin, he was, he was fast. He was really working his way up, uh, you know, I don't know how many more laps he would have needed. You know, tires would have eventually fell off. But, um, you know, he was he was definitely – if there was a caution, he would have gave him a run for the money, that's for sure, because he was fast. And he stayed fast all day. And, you know, Matt, he stayed up front, to, uh, up front too, 15th on up, um, and then really stayed up into the top 10 um, there towards the end. And then, like I said, just climbed the ladder from there. But good runs for them, and they need that. And, you know, Matt, he's worried, you know, all this talk about Jones and Bell, they could end up at the 95. And, um, you know, this is the run he needed to show, hey, I can run. and I deserve to be in this ride and I can finish good for you guys and for the sponsors and keep the sponsors happy. So um, I think he needed that. That's definitely a run he needed. Yeah, that car got extra publicity today because of the DW throwback for Darrell Waltrip's last race on Fox. So that really helps Procore a lot the sponsor of that 95 car, but a, a solid day for Matt Diamandetto, no doubt about it, deserves a lot of credit here. It's a not an easy road course, not an easy, uh, especially with the new configuration. You know, I know he's run road courses in the past here at Sonoma, but the new configuration, I don't, he's never been there. I doubt he's ever run a, a race there, so a solid day for him there, uh, finishing in fourth spot. A couple guys that stick out here in the back end of the top ten, Philip, uh, Kevin Harvick in sixth. Another day where you look at that four car and you go, hey, they ran pretty good. They finished pretty good, but just kind of that was it. You know, they they never really busted up and and were up there running for the lead. Um, They're about a fourth to sixth place car all day long, you know, and that's a solid day for them. I mean, that's a solid day for anybody, but just not what we're used to seeing. He qualified, didn't qualify great in that four car. They worked their way up to sixth. So an an interesting day for Harvick from that standpoint as well. And Ryan Newman, a great day for him. I mean, uh, he qualified 21st, was in the first stage, was, was back in about 20, 22nd there. Uh, they were able to get some track position early uh, in, in stage two, and they were able to keep it. And a seventh-place run for, for Ryan Newman as well. So a solid day for, uh, for Harvick and Newman, although, you know, I, I think if you ask Harvick, Phillip, and, and that's four car, I think they're a little bit disappointed with their run today. They just And this has been all year for this team. They just seem to be a step or two behind the real elite teams competing for wins. Yeah, I mean, they were, they brought it up. There was one of the few people they seemed to talk about all day today, basically spent all time, all day talking about uh, Daryl's uh, obsessions, which are Toyotas and Hendrick Motorsports and him. And so the fact is they brought up Harvick, and he was not happy with the car and Childers wasn't happy with the car. They went with Voyer's setup, which was the fastest. Well, frankly, Suarez was the fastest of the four SHR cars, but their last pit stop went to heck, and that screwed him out of what should have been a top five, definite top ten run for him. Harvick was dog crap most of the day, and then by the end, just good strategy, making things happen, putting themselves in a place where they – short pitted got they made time and they were able to keep that make that momentum work which is the same 
way as Newman because he hit a couple people, jacked up his nose, and and that kind of helped. They Scott Graves and him, they didn't have a good car all weekend. They were pretty far gone, but strategy and just being able to hold up uh, worked out well for the Roush team and for uh, Newman that got him into the 16th spot right now. And by one point, he passed Jimmy Johnson for the cutoff. And right now, it's actually a pretty intriguing uh, there's, what is it, between him and Eric Jones, there's five points there. So right now there's a little bit of intrigue there for that cutoff spot you have. And then if you get really further into Daniel Suarez back, that's a gap of about 35 points. So it's about a race. But from 13th to 18th is about where we're at in terms of who's really going to battle by points. After that, you're going to have to make it in on a win. And so, I mean, Harvick hasn't been there this year. The Stuart Haas team has not been there. This rules package has definitely worked against them because they were so good last year, and they had that rules package really well down for both him and Boyer, Kurt Busch. All of them won. All four of them won, and they were competitive every single week. It was no doubt. Three, at least two of them would finish in the top ten. Three or all four of them would finish in the top ten a lot of weeks. This year, it's been a struggle across the board. Uh, Harvick's just grinding, and I, eventually this is going to turn. I, I don't know when. It, we've been talking about it all year. One of these days they're going to hit on something. They're going to get that win. It's going to open the floodgates. Uh, I don't know when that'll be. It might be Chicago next week. It could be Daytona. Uh, but it's a, a win for the Stuart Haas effort would be a big deal in general. I think the momentum would shift within the organization. And, you know, considering Kevin Harvick didn't have a good race car today, and he said it, they both, him and Childer said it, and that they got a sixth-place finish out of it, there aren't many teams that are going to get that out of that situation. And that's why they are a championship team. That's what you do. When you have cars that are not good enough to make anything happen, you make something out of them. That's what Harvick did today. Newman pulling out a top 10 when he's not the greatest road racer anyway, and that team is not that great with road racing for a long time, is a good run for them. Uh, And so, I mean... Had some comments on DeBenedetto and Hamlin, but I'll leave them alone. Yeah, an interesting day um, for for Newman and, and Harvick, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, you know, as we go a little further down the field, and Eric, Eric Jones, who had a terrible qualifying, terrible luck during qualifying, he had some kind of tire issue or something that put him back to thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, but as the run went on, he was another guy. As the long run went on at the end of that race, was able to click off a lot of spots. And finishing the eighth spot, so a nice job for him. Eric Amarola, one of the Stuart Haas cars, spun earlier in the event, uh, but he was able to, to stay off the wall and come home ninth. And then Kyle Larson, the pole sitter, a tenth place run for him. So, uh, you know, Larson's a guy who, you know, a third consecutive year, Philip, where he takes the pole here at Sonoma, but also third consecutive year where he really doesn't do a whole lot in the race. Um, 
you know, it just seems like right now that, that 42 team, for whatever reason, at Sonoma with the pairing of Kyle Larson and Chad Johnson, they, they have the short run, the short one, two lap burst run figured out. No doubt about that. But the long run, they seem to be a little bit off on. Uh, not a terrible day for Larson. I think you look at it and you say, hey, you got 39 points, finished uh, decent in a couple of stages. But at the end of the day, he ended up 10th. Really not where that 42 team needs to be as well. Uh, what do you have to say to Jones, Amarola, and Larson? And even Boyer in Adelaide. Boyer was a guy a lot of people come in and say he was a favorite to, try, to go out there and win this race. We've seen him run really good uh, in the past year at Sonoma. You know, uh, not, a, not a great run for him. He was another guy that was sort of a decent car, but he wasn't anywhere competing for wins. What do you think about those four guys um, as we move through the field here? Yeah, I mean, Boyer got involved in an incident. I think he got spun out and <clears throat> or something happened to him where he ended up losing all kinds of track position and they had to, him and Bugga had to figure out a way to get to pit so that they didn't lose a lap, I think, in that second stage. For them to come back to 11 was a recovery effort. They had a top 10 car today. They were probably the second best Stuart Haas car. In in reality, the 41 was the best, then the 14, then the 4. The 10 also spun out as well. Theoretically, you can make a case that the 4 was the worst of the four cars today, but they got the best result. Uh, it's kind of a luck thing, but then also kind of what the way they work and how they work for so long. Uh, Boyer probably wanted more out of this day. They didn't get any. They didn't get what they wanted. But when you consider that they're basically solid, they're solid in points really to a, to an extent. I mean, they're right on that edge with they're only nine points ahead of Suarez, so they might be on that cusp. But he's got forty points on Jimmy Johnson. You probably want to get a little bit more out of that day. Kyle Larson not getting being basically run over five laps into the race and not really being a factor. They kept on putting that, shoving that point home where his average finish at at Sears Point Sonoma is 19th, and he was running there most of the day. And but he got a top 10 finish. When you consider the where the the perilous position they are points wise right now, getting a top 10 is a good thing. The fact that they didn't pay off a pole sitting performance, the reality is he wasn't going to beat the 19. He wasn't going to beat the 18. And generally speaking, if you weren't a Gibbs Toyota, you really had no chance. And once once a couple of the other cars that were really fast earlier in the day, namely William Byron, got stuck in traffic, they couldn't make anything happen and get back up there. So to get a top 10 finish is a minor victory for them. They've had some bad luck, bad runs. It's uh, I mean, they need more Chicago. We'll, we'll go slide job. You can go and get the slide job. And maybe if you can make that happen this year, then it might save them uh, next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, Eric Jones recovering from having that tire problem, not being able to qualify, I'm going to go to the tailback and getting an eighth-place finish. I think he probably had a better car than that based on his whole entire organization. Eric Almarola spinning out, coming back for a ninth. He's just there. He figures out ways to kind of be there, but they need that win. The whole organization really needs a win at Stuart Haas 
one of them has to pull something off to just get that momentum uh, changed over there. But a couple of recovery runs, the three recovery runs, and one run in Kyle Larson where I think Tent was about as good as they really were going to have it today. They make maybe could have gotten a couple more spots. They would have wanted more, but that's really where they're at right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple as we go through the field here, the rest of the top twenty. Kurt Busch was thirteenth, decent day for him. Alex Bowman was fourteenth. Uh, I thought it's pretty good day for Daniel Hemrick and fifteenth. That team got off to such a horrid start to start the season, uh, but another decent day for Daniel Hemrick. Um, you know. It's going to take a lot for them to dig out of the hole they got into the first eight, nine races of this season, but they're starting to right the ship there at that eight car, so a nice job by him. Chris Buescher, another pretty good day, 16th spot for him. Uh, got some decent points in his stage. He finished 16th, then it was Daniel Suarez. You talked about his troubles earlier, Philip. Uh, 17th run for Suarez. Brad Keselowski, 18th spot. He had an issue on that last run as well. Cost him a lot of positions, had to pit under green, was able to get fresh tires and make up some of those spots but to finish in the 18th spot there. Then it was William Byron in 19th to get another driver who, as the run went on, got got worse and worse. Um, he was running lap times that were nowhere close to where the leaders were. Uh, I think he used up his tires, the good of his tires early, and wasn't able to recover on the last 10 laps of that run. So that really hurt him. And David Reagan rounds out the top 20 uh, here at Sonoma. How about you, Spencer? Anything that stands out for you for the drivers? 11 through 20th. I know there was a, a lot of names there we threw at you, but anybody that stood out for you that had a good day or, or a rough day? Yeah, I would say Busher, he had a pretty good day. You know, he was inside the top 10 there for a decent time. And, uh, you know, then you just start throwing in all that pit strategy and all that stuff, and it just kind of can make or break your day, honestly. Um, so, you know, he got shuffled back a little bit, but like you said, you know, pretty decent day for them. And Kislowski, you know, as we see, we he's so well at, he runs so good at uh, Watkins Glen. You know he's competed for wins there, um, and you know when he comes to Sonoma, it's just not his playground. You know, and they said it during the race. He just he hasn't gravitated towards just racetrack, and you know he always struggles. Um, and today he really struggled. Um, he was, as you would say, he was out to lunch. Um, he just he not that, and I don't know if it's not that he didn't have speed or he just. I mean, like I said, it's just not your playground. Sometimes you just don't like a racetrack. And um, so, yeah, he's he was pretty shocking to be way down there in uh, 18th. And, you know, William Byron, he dominated the stage one um, right from the green flag. Uh, he took off and left everybody. And then uh, after that, it was pretty much we saw who left and saw who was leading from there on out. And he never really was able to really get back up towards the front. So, um, no, other than that, I think uh, – you know, like you said, you touched on Hamrick a good day, solid day for Kurt Busch, but those are the main guys that, you know, like Brad was shocking and Busch are a solid day, and Byron, um, the way he ran in stage one, you would have thought he would have done a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. 21st was Stenhouse, then you had Paul Menard, 22nd, a shocking, another tough run there for the Penske boys, and Joey Logano in 23rd. Austin Dillon was an interesting candidate there in 24th as far as a driver in a team that really was, you talk about out to lunch, Hendrick, uh, Richard Childress Racing, and Hamrick ran really good, and, and I think he deserves a lot of credit considering how bad his teammates were, and I consider the Ty Dillon, both Dillon boys, Richard Childress cars. Austin was, was not very good today at all. I mean, he was a final car in the lead lap. Um, you know, he didn't have any issues, which, which kept him on the lead lap, but a 24th place run, that team didn't have any speed all day long. Michael McDowell was 25th. He spun a couple of times. 
Brett Bubba Wallace was 26th. Another Rich Childress Racing affiliated car that didn't have a ton of speed. And Ty Dillon, um, 27th. Just a, a, a rough day for him. Um, you know, and I know road racing isn't the background really of uh, the Dillon boys, but a tough day for those guys there at Richard Childress Racing. A couple other notable drivers there deep in the field. Uh, Chase Elliott in 37th blew an engine on lap 60. Came down for a, a pit a pit stop, and uh, all of a sudden the car shut off. They couldn't fig- really figure out what was going on. He mentioned on the radio, hey, I got something going on here, guys, um, and wasn't able to finish the race. So he finishes in 37th position for Chase Elliott on uh, one of the drivers who a lot of people had as a favorite Entering this event, like I said, he won Watkins Glen a year ago uh, in August, and a lot of people kind of looked at that and said, well, he's a good road racer and was having a pretty good day there for Hendrick Motorsports, but the engine blew up on him, and it cost him a, a decent day for 37th spot. So um, a, a very day where a lot of drivers and a lot of teams gained some points and some lost some points. But I want to look at the points right now, Philip. You mentioned it earlier. Listen, I think – uh, you know, there's only a few guys you mentioned earlier how a few guys are basically can only run their way in through points. They, they have to win the rest of the way. Um, I think everybody 11th and above. That's Logano, Kyle Busch, Harvick, Kozlowski, Truex, Hamlin, Elliott, Kurt Busch, Blaney, Bowman, and Eric Amarola. All those drivers are going to be locked in there via their points. They don't need to worry about wins. Those drivers are in. Uh, next in line, you get to a little, you get to a little bit of a hmm? of an interesting. Yeah. You get to a little bit of an interesting um, scenario there with uh, Boyer, and then you have Suarez, um, and then it really kind of gets interesting there with William Byron, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Newman, um, but. Lee in Virginia is on the line. Hello, Lee. What do you want to talk about tonight? Hi, guys. I just was listening. I was enjoying it. Um, you know, uh, I thought the one disappointment I had for the race today was uh, Paul, Paul Menard. I think a lot of people went into it thinking Paul was a, is a very good road racer, and he's, and he's had good runs in the past at road courses. But, boy, you look at where that Wood Brothers team is right now and where it was when Ryan Blaney left it two years ago, and uh, it's an extreme disappointment. And, you know, you know, Paul, I know Paul brings a lot of money to the operation. He's 38 years old, and he's been in a Cup Series now for close to 15 years. But uh, I thought that that was an absolutely atrocious performance on his part today. Um, and Brad Keselowski wasn't too far away from him. But for a team that needed a good run at a, at a track like a road course where you, where you could make up some points, considering some teams may not have better runs, et cetera, um, that's a bad day for those guys, and they should hang their heads in shame leaving that racetrack today. Yeah, that was not a good run for the 21 car. Uh, he had some decent speed early, it looked like. I'm not sure if he had an issue. Uh, he got but He got something. Yeah, he got, I know he got well. spun once in that event. But still, you know, uh, he wasn't he didn't have a ton of speed there early in that, as far as middle stages of that event. I think he was like a 15th place car, the highest he got today. But uh, go back to the points quick, and I want to get uh, Lee's opinion on this in a little bit as well. Um, you know, it's it's inter- it's a really interesting part is is from Suarez on down. Uh, Suarez at 13th, and then you got Byron, Larson, and Newman right there. One point ahead of Newman, behind Newman is is Jimmy Johnson, and then you got four points back from that is Eric Jones, and then we got Paul Menard and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Chris Buescher, who I think have an outside chance at making the playoffs on points, but they're really going to need to win all three of those guys: Menard, Stenhouse, and Buescher. But really, it's it's about a a you got about 
let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six cars for four spots at the end of that event. So really two guys are going to be going home there as far as points are concerned, unless somebody pulls off a win, which is possible because we have Daytona coming up yet and another uh, road course at Watkins Glen coming up where it might, su- it might surprise some people and steal some uh, fuel mileage events a few miles race there, but uh, how about you, Philip? What are your thoughts on, on the points there? I mean, is anybody that really sticks out for you that, that's a shoo-in to make it at, at this point? I mean, By- Byron has he's been qualifying good, but we haven't really seen that 24 car really pull it all together and, and put a race together. So he's there in 14th. Larson, we talked about his struggles over the year. He's 15th in the standings. And Newman, who just keeps every time you look at him saying, oh, that six car's not going to run good. They sort of pull off. It's like they got this magic wand, and all of a sudden he's up there, and he's able to hang in there. Um, and I'm not sure as far as the raw speed of that six car is where they want it to be right now, but they're getting the jobs done. They're getting decent finishes, so he's one point to the good. And then you got Jimmy Johnson, who's never missed a chase in his career uh, out right now on the outside looking in. What do you think about the points? And then you got Jones, who had a decent day today, uh, a guy who a lot of people expect to make it in Joe Gibbs' car. Um, it's going to be wild there to watch these next four, these next few races here to see who really stands out over these next six drivers. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about 10 races to go or whatever it is to the start of the chase and playoff. And you're, when you got guys like Eric Jones, who's basically theoretically driving for his career in a sense, and you have, you have seven time who's, definitely fallen off the face of the earth here the last couple of years from being the man, you know, seven time champion, winning eight winning at least five, six, seven races a year was he was on a clip where he was gonna get past Jeff Gordon and now he hasn't even gotten past Durrell and, and Kale Yarbrough. And uh, he hasn't won a race in two years. You know, like that's it's insane, and, and it's really – it is questionable that he's going to make this this playoff. I mean, the, the one interesting piece to all of this is Newman, that he's taken over that six car, went to Roush Racing. Neither car was a factor last year. Uh, I mean, with Matt Kenseth, once he jumped into six car, had a couple moments, he won a stage at Indy, but they were no factor. And now Newman with Scott Graves, they have this chance. And and the point is Ryan Newman has proven over his career, no matter how you want to – I mean, I'm no big fan of, of Newman, but the reality is he's taken middle-of-the-road type rides and figured out ways to make the chase or make the playoff. And in one particular instance, almost won a championship in 2014. So, I mean, if they make it, it'll be something. That'd be a big deal. I mean, when you consider that more than half of the regular competitors make the playoffs, there's a problem with the way it's set up. And maybe some of these guys really shouldn't be flirting with the playoffs. And that in its own right would mean there'd be a little more intrigue. But in this case, the way it's set up, there is a little intrigue amongst the SHR crew that isn't Kevin Harvick. They don't, they aren't at the same level as they were last year, which is why they're kind of flirting with the bubble in a sense. Alex Bowman went on that run with a bunch of second place finishes and solidified himself. 
which may or may not save his job anyway because they don't have a sponsor. But, I mean, Quint Boyer, they haven't run as well this year. Him and Bugger Ravitch, uh, that relationship I don't think is the greatest. I mean, we've talked about some of these crew chief driver combinations and how the relationships are. They've never really clicked. And I think this is a perfect example where it isn't really working and they need something to happen, and I don't think it's going to happen. But they'll probably make it anyway. Daniel Suarez, first year new team, trying to make it in. Today, he had a top 10 car for sure. Jack, they had a problem with the jack car dropped off the jack. Then once they got the car back up, they had a loose, the uncontrolled tire. So they completely cracked themselves on that one pit stop and went from a sure top 10 finish, possible top five to finishing 18th. You know, and that's a lot of points when you're a team that is trying to build up, build yourselves up, can't have that. William Byron doesn't even have a top five this year. You know, yeah. Ryan Newman doesn't Crazy. have a top five this year. You know, the point is, Matt Benedetto for all the Reddit people who have this obsession with him and certain people who think he's actually got talent, uh, the point is he didn't even have a top 10 until today. Um, you could give it to Durrell for driving that terminal transit car today, whatever it is, the fact he was driving Joe Gibbs Toyota, whatever it worked out to be. That was the first top 10 for the 95 car this year. And frankly, granted, he ran well at the Daytona 500. But outside of the Daytona 500, can you name one run that he's had this year that was worthwhile until today? The answer is no. They've been they've been garbage, and he's 25th in points. So the point is, he wasn't even in the top 10. He hadn't finished top 10 all year. Uh, so when you're talking about guys that are, you know, contending or trying to make this playoff. Uh, the, the the story is Newman and Johnson because they've had this connection. Of course, they came in together in 2002 as rookies. Somehow or another, Ryan Newman won Rookie of the Year over Jimmy Johnson, which still doesn't make sense. But right. but the fact is that battle to see which one of those guys, and then you have Eric Jones there, Larson, and that, that Chad Johnston combination, which is like, which is like gasoline on a fire right now because it makes it's not working at all. Uh, I mean, there there are some interesting stories there. Uh, if if right. William Byron he qualifies really well, that's one thing about William Byron. He's learned how to he's learned the one lap thing. He's become the new Newman in terms of one lap pace, but he hasn't put a race together and uh, many times, and he needs to to make this playoff. So I guess that's what's going to be intriguing about these next 10 races. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a while to see how it all plays out there for the playoffs. Um, and, Lee, I want to get Spencer's opinion on this, too, in a little bit, and then, of course, Phillips. But, uh, Lee, I want to really get your opinion on it. What did you think of the racing today at Sonoma? Uh, it was it, the first time, again, we've, we've used this, this uh, the new course, not the new course, the long course, I should say, since 1997, it's been 22 years. I mean, you and I were kids. The last time we saw this, uh, this you know, configuration run at Sonoma Raceway was in Sears Point, but it still should be. Um, but it was a race that was really dominated by, by Martin Shex Jr. Once the leader got out front, it was hard to catch him. Um, 
What did you think of the race over the overall at Sonoma? I didn't think it was that great of a race. I think the stages kind of ruined it. Um, I kind of wish they were shorter and, and, and were less than a fuel run the first two stages. I don't know why you can't do two short stages and then a long one at the end, but I thought it ruined it. I think guys guys scrapping the race to go for stage points, scrapping the win to go for stage points is asinine. I think the best car there, even better than the, eight, or the 19, was the 11 of Denny Hamlin. And he's, they went and him and him and Chris Gamehart decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go get the sure thing and go get stage points rather than – because we don't know how the last stage is going to work out. We can get wrecked, et cetera. Why go for, try and go for the win? We've got two wins in a bag. Let's try and go get stage points and that playoff point for winning a stage. I thought that was silly. You know, this is a race. We're, we're here to win it. And I thought that that was a very silly way to approach it. Now, I don't blame them for approaching it that way. But I think it definitely ruined the race and ruined the last stage. And, you know, Truex ran away with it, basically, because the, his only competition, the only guy that was anywhere near him was the 18 of, of Kyle. There could have been more. The 11 could have been there, but they decided to go for stage points. I thought that was stupid. And I think we need to severely look at where these stages end and adjust them for 2020, because if we don't, um, we're going to be get, begging to get out of Sonoma, uh, because I think uh, once – it worked out the way it did. It was very boring. There were no cautions because I think there were so many people on different strategies that they just didn't care. And however the race ran, it ran, and, and where we end up, where we end up. I thought it was one of the worst Sonoma races we've seen in a long time, and I was very excited for the addition of the carousel, and I was disappointed in what I saw. Yeah, I agree with that. I think when you look at it from the standpoint of the stages um, – the problem with it is that it's such a short race as far as laps are concerned. Now, we usually we see, um, and, and even mileage is concerned. I think it's only like 200 and something miles today's race. So usually we see like, you know, where it, it's a stage is like a fuel run and a half, where today was exactly almost a fuel run. Um, and it sort of made you scratch your head a little bit and go, eh, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe we should do it, like you said, maybe lap 12 and lap 12. And then you have, I don't know, uh, 24, uh, a 60-some-odd lap run, you know, to finish the race. That would be, I think, a lot better than what we had today. So um, I'm with you, Lee. I think it was a a race that certainly could have um, been a little bit better as far as the entertainment was concerned. Uh, it was, you know, I, I'm not a big strategy guy. I'm not big on – I like to see drivers come through the field. And certainly the Toyotas were able to pass, and I think at the end of the race – um, when the tires got worn down and everything, the passing was up a little bit. But for for the first part of that race, I thought it was awful. But and then by that time, by the time the p- passing went up to the rest of the field, Truex had about a twenty second lead over the rest. And, and Truex and Kyle Busch, I should say, had over a twenty second lead over the rest of the field. So that was kind of a you know a buzzkill as well. There. What do you think, Spencer? I mean, this was your first time ever watching this race. I mean, you weren't even born last time. We saw the uh, carousel being run here at Sonoma. What did you think of today's race? I'm going to have to be on your guys' side. I didn't think it was too exciting, quite honestly. Um, you know, I would think it would be exciting if, you know, you're going through the S's and up the hill and you're, you know, the second-place guy is right on the first-place first place guy's bumper and you're shifting through the gears and you're really working on each other. But it's not like that, you know. A guy just tends to pull away. And then once you get so far out, your tires become equal and you're going to stay spaced out. Um, Cause like we saw with Kyle, once he got within two seconds, his tires fell off and he never really caught him. 
So, um, and then I think it's, you know, I don't like how the fact how, you know, you have to give up stage points just to uh, have a good strategy. And, you know, I guess that's what you have to do. I'm no chief, and uh, apparently it worked out for, you know, Truex. And they did that last year, too, and pulled off the win, too. So, you know, I just I kind of think it's stupid just to give up uh, stage, you know, a playoff point and 10 additional points, you know, just to get tires and gas. But, you know, like I said, I'm not on top of the pit box, so I don't know what it takes to win one of these things. And I wish, you know, we could just go till the end of the stage and then, um, you know, everybody does pit stop and you take off again. But, yeah, other than that, I didn't think it was too exciting. You know, I I, on, I like watching Watkins going a little bit better than Sonoma. And, it, you know, with it being a different course, I didn't really think it excited it much rather than the old track that we, they ran on last year. So, um, yeah, so hopefully it's a better in the previous year and next year or years on come if they keep continuing to race there. I don't know. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. That's the number to call. Talking circles tonight. I want to shift gears here a little bit, and definitely get to this because this was certainly one of the best stories, certainly one of the best stories of the year, and one of the best stories of NASCAR in a long time. I want to move to the Truck Series Home Shield two hundred NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series event from Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway in Madison, Illinois. It was a hundred and sixty lap event that resulted in Ross Chastain going to victory lane. Uh, this time he passed the section. And the Nice Motorsports Chevrolet, uh, Chastain beat out Todd Gilliland, Stuart Friesen, Chandler Smith, and Brett Moffitt for the victory. Um, he certainly didn't have the fastest car early on, or fastest truck, I should say, early on in that race, Philip, where, you know, early on he looked like he was about a sixth to eighth place truck. But as the race went on, uh, you know, uh, his crew chief and him really worked on that truck. Bill Gould and, and Ross Chastain really worked on that truck and got it to where it was a real fast truck. And at the end, um, he was able to pull away and, and win by over, just under a second. So a big win for Ross Chastain in that uh, 45 team. Gets him the victory he needs, now he needs the points. But what were your thoughts on the Car Shield 200 uh, at Worldwide Technology Raceway and Gateway? I'm surprised people aren't going and making a deal, a big deal, that he was driving the sponsor's truck out there. <clears throat> People want to go and come up with conspiracy theories, but the fact of the matter is Ross Chastain doesn't need conspiracy theories. He was pointing at the left front corner. He was doing his whole Gallagher impression, slamming watermelons after that deal. He beat Kyle. He he slayed Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, with a little team that could. I mean, it, the, I'll, all I'm going to say is there's one, there's very few things at this point that actually make me really excited about this sport anymore. Uh, the show that we do is one of them. But one thing that outside of that is, is Ross Chastain and just his enthusiasm and his just intensity and will to, to, to win. It's, it it's doesn't exist out of a lot of these guys anymore. And he's the, He's a guy, I guess, you know, he's had the second wind where he had a chance again to make something happen, and he's been able to do it. And now he's in this team with Phil Gould, who's this unsung crew chief. You know, he's been around a while, and now he finally got this situation. They had good long-run pace. I give I give the Bomberito family credit for going and putting the traction compound out in that second lane off the wall down to what is a second lane. 
because it definitely helped the trucks because they lack horsepower. And at Gateway, when you're having to run that low line, they probably would be shifting a little more. There'd probably be a little different setup. But because they had that, that groove working, it really helped for racing, and it really helped have two lanes to race. But once Chastain had that clean air and he was able to get out there and they took that, they took that chance, it, it was game over. And he beat Kyle Busch Motorsports by himself. And I, I, it's, it's unbelievable. I love it. I mean, I think Vince Welsh had, had, had a stroke during that, uh, announced whatever he wanted to call that last lap that he, he did there. That was one of the most embarrassing announcing performances I've ever heard. But then it's Vince Welsh, so it's not really shocking. Uh, Todd Gillen getting a second place finish out of that after he basically used up the 51 is whatever. I mean, he needs to get a second place finish because he got outperformed by his younger teammates all night. Right. Chastain's going to go and get into this playoff, and it's going to be a real problem. Because he's basically outside of Grand Infinger, he's been the best truck this year, and it's not really much of a conversation. It's Grand Infinger and the and and Ross Chastain. So once he gets locked in here in the next couple of weeks, it may happen on Friday night at Chicago. Even if it doesn't happen Friday night in Chicago, it'll happen the week after or whatever. Uh, they're they're going to be a problem and it's there's a story here in terms of knocking out Kyle Busch Motorsports and once he gets locked in he's going to knock Kyle Busch Motorsports more than likely out of this playoff which is going to be something yeah it's going to be inter- very awesome to watch to see exactly who gets knocked out we'll discuss that in a little bit more detail I'll let Spencer come in too I know he's jumping at the bit to talk about Chastain but I want to get Lee's opinion on this I mean uh Lee, is this one of the best stories NASCAR's had, you know, in their history? I mean, I'm, when this season started and we saw Chastain uh, with the Alnese team and, and these motorsports, I don't think anybody expected him to switch points and run for the championship and be as strong as they have been. I mean, I think we all knew Chastain's ability was incredible, but I don't think we expected him to take a team that surely had a GMS alliance last year, but they weren't anywhere close to winning races a year ago. And they make a couple moves in the driver department. Uh, and even now, you know, I mean, the teammate yesterday wasn't really anywhere close. I mean, Benjamin did okay, but he finished 13th. Yet here's Chastain out there winning again. Um, it's just a really remarkable. Do you think, can you think of a story in the last 10 years that's been better than this one? No, and I think, you know, with the way the money is in the sport, Ross Chastain being able to keep his funding the way it was, He's able to buy better stuff now, and, you know, it's an unfortunate deal with what happened with Ganassi, and then now he goes and runs points in the truck series. We all thought he was crazy, and uh, to do what he did, switching points this late, and it looks like he's going to make the playoffs. Uh, Phil Gould was a big hire for them as well. He, you know, he has a lot of experience as a crew chief, worked for RCR, worked for Roush in the last couple of years in the Xfinity Series with a driver that was horrendous and now actually has a good driver. So, um, to me, I look at it and I say, you know, maybe it's a good crew chief being pushed in there with Chastain together, and uh, they're making it work. But I'll tell you, what a story, and it's it's fun to watch. 
It really is. And, Lee, thanks so much for calling. Uh, you're always a great call, and be sure to call again next week. Uh, it really is a great story. And, Spencer, I want to get your opinion on this with Chastain. I mean, um, you know, you, you talk up nonsense to me about, and I love it, don't get me wrong, about how good this guy is. Uh, he really is something else, and he's 38 points right now from going from 20th, which is Joshua Young's 20th in, in driver points right now. He's 38 points behind him. I mean, that's probably more than a race. He's probably going to need more than Chicago, or yeah, he's probably going to need more than one race to do that. Um, but it certainly looks like he's going to be able to lock himself in points wise and, and lock himself into the playoffs. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chastain and that run he had last night? Yeah, like you, like you already stated, I think I texted you, and I thought he was slow. Um, in the beginning of the race, like you said, he didn't have a truck to win. And, um, you know, me and my girlfriend, we were watching the race, and I was like, there's no way in hell he's going to have a shot to win this race. And that truck continues to run like that. And, um, you know, I, when he came in for gas only, you know, I was expecting them to put tires on the truck, and they didn't. I was like, oh, boy. And Rudy Fugel, he said if it went green, um, Eckes probably would have got to him. And, um, and you know, Eckes was able to stay on his bumper until that incident with his teammate. So um, we all knew he was going to win. Uh, you know, like you said, it's, it's with the driver line, it's crazy. I mean, you think he gets in that 44 truck and he puts it in the top 10 at Texas and runs up front. Uh, he was second until, you know, he had that pit and uh, he had to pit or whatever. And, look, Andrew LaRuck gets in it and it's in the back. So I think having a good driver in the truck is definitely um, – it really mean, uh, really does something. I mean, he's proven it. Like you said, Kyle Benjamin, he's been in the 45 truck. Has he been able to win? No. And you put Chastain and he's able to win, I think, because uh, he's talented and he has, uh, you know, he's, he's smart and sometimes he's aggressive. He'll make blocks and that's what you have to do. But there's not a doubt in my mind if they keep continue to run like this, um, you know, like you said, they're going to make the playoffs. But if they continue to run like this, um, they could be sitting at Homestead hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. And it would just be an incredible story. You know, this whole watermelon deal is a good market for him. That's really gotten his name out there. And um, it's just a cool story. And I think it's some, one of the biggest stories NASCAR's had. And he didn't have a shot to win the championship in the Xfinity Series. And they thought they were running good enough to obviously win the championship. And the team's confident. And they got a little cocky. And, you know, they backed it up. You know, they pointed at the splitter like Harvick did with the window and said, that's not going to stop us. And, you know, he made a comment before the race. He's like, we're going to go out and stomp him. And he didn't stomp him, but he got the job done, and that's what they needed to make the playoffs. And um, I'm sure everybody in the NASCAR is pulling for him. It's cool to see. And, uh, you know, I mean, you really can't say, like I made a comment on last show, imagine what he would do in a KBM truck. But can you really say that? I mean, he's beating yeah. him now. And so, I mean, right. I mean, he is. So I don't know if you can really say, look what he can do in a KBM truck. Because I think no matter what he gets in, he's going to run well, and it's, I think Chip Ganassi is going to be crazy if they don't put him in the one car if Kurt don't sign back. And um, if not, it's it's only a matter of time before he gets a top ride. And uh, I hope he does it. I hope he wins the thing, and he'll be one hell of a story. Yeah, and Chip uh, tweeted after that win on Chastain last night saying, "I love basically hashtagged, I love winners. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Now, there's also some more rumors flying around about Chip Ganassi racing here, uh, which we'll discuss on Wednesday's show. Um, so stay tuned for that on Talking Circles. I want to get your guys' opinion on that. But we'll wait till Wednesday to discuss some rumors there around swirling that team that I've been hearing um, from a couple of people, and I, I think it's time to sort of evaluate that, but we'll wait till Wednesday to touch on that quick. Uh, but 
Philip, you talked about it earlier, the, the truck series points. Uh, it's going to be incredible to see um, who gets knocked out. Right now, Sheldon, if you look at that sort of cutoff line, you look at eighth. That's what you always magically look at. Well, eighth is not where you, where you have to look at right now. It's seventh because Sorter, who was suspended but gets to keep his playoff eligibility, is now tenth in the standings. But he's got that win, so he's able to get himself into the playoffs. So now it's seventh. Um, so you look at Austin Hill right now. He is 28 points ahead of Todd Gilliland in the points. So Todd's going to have to pull off a win. He had a good run yesterday. Creed is, is tied with Gilliland in points uh, exactly. And then you have uh, Dipple, who I think is a long shot at winning. Um, again, they got a road course coming up, too. In Canada, they might have maybe able to pull off a win. But um, And, and that, that, we're not including Ross in that right now. So the playoff cutoff could very well be sixth in the standings because of Sauter's suspension and Ross being – um, you know, not being able to get enough points to be in the top eight. So when you look at that standpoint, you go, man, Austin Hill's three points back of Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton better get going. So it's going to be fascinating to see if he's able to knock out both or all, you know, uh, one or both of KBM's truck, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on that little situation there, uh, Philip? Yeah, I mean, it's the, I mean, for Austin Hill winning Daytona is, the saving grace for him and the Hattori team because otherwise they'd be in in trouble and the fact that Johnny Sauter drove through him, but then that's a whole other story. Uh, Sauter is going to make it in because of his, um, his, his win. I mean, even though it doesn't show on NASCAR, NASCAR NASCAR.com that he's locked in, he is locked in for the playoff along with uh, Brett Moffitt and Austin Hill. And Grant Enfinger definitely is going to make it. That's no problem. And more than likely, uh, I would say Stewie, as uh, Todd Bodine kept on calling him yesterday night, and Matt Crafton are probably going to make it. So then that basically takes away six spots. And then you consider you consider Ross Chastain as if he gets good stage points next week, next Friday at, at Chicago, the way he kind of performed at, at Iowa last week and he's able to clear the truck, he gets into the top 20. Then all of a sudden you got, you got the two, you got the two Kyle Busch motorsports trucks and Sheldon Creed running for one spot. And uh, that's and Harrison Burton's got 30 points on Todd Gillen. Sheldon Creed's been fast a lot of times this year and had wrecks and stuff. I mean, it kind of makes sense. His his uh, his pro he's a protege of Robbie Gordon, so it's checkers of records with him. And so it's going to be an interesting battle with those guys. Once Ross Chastain makes it into the top 20. It's going to really narrow that points deal up, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to – that's the story of the year. It really is. I mean, I can't think of a story – and that's my biggest story yet, I mean, of the last couple of years. I can't think of a bigger story than it is. And just all the people as far as everybody in this sport rooting for Chastain and rooting for that team because you look at it and say, well, they're not a big team. I mean, who the heck's Al Nice? I think if you ask – the majority. I, listen, I'll be honest. If Al Nissan woke up to me and said, "Hey, you know uh, what's going on?" I wouldn't know who the hell he is. 
So I think that makes a lot of the fans sort of make some endearing to people because it, you know it's not the Kyle Bushes where everyone knows Kyle Bushes or the Hendricks or Dale Jr.'s team. You know, you sit there and go, I've never really heard of this guy before. Okay, great. He's a small team. Ross Chastain, oh, cool. He's got a lot of talent, you know, and uh, that's awesome to see this team go out there. And the Truck Series is sort of a throwback, what this Truck Series is about. You know, Chris Larson is another one of those guys where you look at it and say, from the GMS camp, you know, he's he's the uh, the Frisian team, which was to a Frisian, you know, he's the Hallmark guy there. Um, he's certainly a guy – but he's got a lot of, of, of business money behind him. I'm not sure what Val Beast does. So it is awesome to see. Um, it's awesome to, to watch this 45 team um, go out there and really make a name for themselves and say, hey, you know what, we're going to run for the championship. And, and really, Ross Colin is shot all weekend. It's really awesome to see. And, and next weekend they run uh, at Chicago too, so we'll keep an eye on that as well um, as we get ready for next week. I mentioned a little earlier, I gave a little plug. We'll discuss a lot of the different situations here on Wednesday night. On Talking in Circles. Uh, we'll see you then. And uh, I want to thank Philip Matthew and Spencer Cowan and Lee in Virginia for the call. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.